Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, this is Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Sex. This weekly podcast features three questions answered by international expert Tracy Cox, the author of 17 books, including her most recent book, Great Sex Starts at 50. In fact, if you want that book, you can go to chroniclebooks.com and use promo code GREATSEX at checkout for 30% off. So if you want Tracy's latest book, Great Sex Starts at 50, enter GREATSEX at checkout on chroniclebooks.com. Now, enjoy our three questions, and if you want to submit your own questions, go to zibbyowens.com slash sex and anonymously enter questions you'd like Tracy to answer. Now, enjoy! Get excited! And if you find you loved this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating, write a review, it all helps. And if you really love the way I do this podcast, check out Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, plus Wake Up and Write for more podcast fun. So today I am with Tracy Cox, my fearless co-host for Moms Don't Have Time to Have Sex. So welcome, Tracy. I'm excited to do this with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Me too. We've done a few of these podcasts already, although we've only aired one. So you and I know how much fun we have doing this, but other people haven't been able to see it yet. So I'm excited to show them. Before we jump into a sample podcast, I wanted you to tell everybody a little more about you and your expertise in the sex arena. Okay. Well, I've got a background in psychology and sex therapy, but I didn't practice as a sex therapist because I don't have any skills of disassociation. So I would have been looking after the same patient forever. So I, I, and I love journalism. So I ended up going to journalism and then I still loved, I was really fascinated by love and sex. So I was always a bit on the fence, like which one, which way should I go? So what I ended up doing was becoming a journalist who specialized in sex. And that's kind of what I do now is that I write books that are based on sex research. And I look at all the sex research and think, okay, how can I make that applicable to the average couple? in bed and and the books are very practical they're very easy to read they're quite conversational a bit funny my latest book is book 17 so I've written 17 books I've been touring the world talking about sex done millions of radio shows and god knows what else and here I am now doing a podcast about it with you to be amazing 30 years talking about (laughs) sex that's a lot of time isn't it very long time that's a lot of time yeah do you (laughs) feel like you're talking about sex so much as changed your life in noticeable ways? Yes, I never have it now. No, that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) No, I find that I'm the person at the dinner party that people either want to sit next to or want far, far away. And you do get people sort of, you get, sometimes people try and shock me. Nothing shocks me. What I don't like, I hate crudity. I don't like slang words in sex. I don't like really awful swearing and stuff like that, even though I do swear myself. But I, so I don't like crudity. That will shock me or I don't, it doesn't shock me. I just don't like it. But I think I've heard just about everything. 
I've heard every <laughs> single thing and I don't sort of react to it. That's the thing. I, I have to be very careful with people's secrets. That's why this was so crazy that we were rejected by Apple because this is so not an explicit show. This is like a nice, gentle column that, that could be in a women's magazine or something like that, just, you know, exactly. live yeah. and, you know. But it anyway, hopefully we'll resolve that soon once they see how tame and amazing and helpful this podcast is for everybody. But in the meantime, people can listen on iHeartRadio and Spotify instead, which are both fantastic platforms and all the other platforms out there, just not Apple quite yet. So the format for people watching or listening for the first time is that we solicit questions and you can go to zibbyowens.com slash sex and enter an anonymous question. But also Tracy has gotten a bazillion questions over the years that we have sampled from. And I say them without blushing, if I can, to Tracy. And then whisper Tracy, them half the time. Sometimes <laughs> I whisper them, even though I'm alone in here. And I say them and Tracy answers them. And sometimes we go back and forth on them a little bit. And then she always gives a sex tip at the end. So we're going to use this time to show you what this is like. And don't be embarrassed. If you have questions that you feel bold enough to ask, we might take one or two at the end. We'll see. But in the meantime, this will actually be one of our podcasts, probably our fourth or fifth or something. So we We'll just jump into it and feel free to, you know, tell us your comments in the chat because we're we're looking at the same time and, and all of that. Okay, Tracy, you ready? I'm ready. Yes. Okay. Hi, Tracy. Welcome back. We're doing another one of our amazing podcasts today. <laughs> looking forward to it. It's my favorite time of the week now. You and I. I know, me too. <laughs> I learned so much. I have so much fun. I have so many laughs. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So a couple questions today. The mm-hmm. first one is, I used to love sex, but I'm finding as I'm getting older that my confidence is falling. I haven't felt sexy since I had children and put on weight. I've also, this is not my question, by the way. I've also got lots of stretch marks. My husband tells me I look great, but I think he's just saying that to be nice. What can I do to get my confidence back? Well, I have to say The first thing is that it's a rare woman who is happy with her body. I just did my latest book was about women in women post 40 and in midlife and later. And the amount of stuff I got about people hating their bodies, it was really awful. And especially women over the age of 35 who've had children, I think that they're particularly hard on their bodies. And this is a woman's thing, by the way, because men will look in the mirror, they could have a big beard gut, they could be balding, and they'll look in the mirror and they'll go, I think I look fantastic. Yep, I look good. Women. (laughs) You could be a Victoria's Secrets model and you'll look in the mirror and you'll focus on a crooked little toe or something. This is what women do. We will focus in on the bits that aren't perfect rather than look at the bits that are. And this is doing us no favors at all in the bedroom. It does terrible, terrible things for your sex life because... If you're too critical of your body, it makes you stop wanting sex. Even if you feel like sex, you maybe don't want to have it because you don't want to show off your body. When you're having sex, you're so critical of body, you know, like you're rating yourself and looking down and worried about what you look like that you can't enjoy it. This leads to problems with orgasms and it's just a big old general mess. So it does us absolutely no favors doing this. And the thing is, most of us do not have anything wrong with our bodies. You know, some people, yeah, sure. If you've got a, if you're excessively overweight and it's a health risk for you, yes, you should be dieting and exercising and getting yourself together. 
But for most people who have body image issues, they're just normal weight. They're just not model weight. They're not the weight that the Instagram influencers are. And I think that, you know, this this lady who's written in has said, you know, it's because of babies that my body's changed. Well, that's a wonderful reason. I mean, pregnancy, labor, parenting, they're brutal on your bodies. Of course, you're going to have some battle scars. But but what are you going to choose? Would you like your old body back and no kids or the kids and the body you've got? I mean, maybe don't answer that if you've been up since five o'clock in the morning with your children, like most people. But, you know, it's a wonderful reason that that has happened. So you need to accept that. And the other thing is, is it highlights how much we need to feel desired. It is very important for people, even if you've been with your partner for years and years, that you feel that you know that they find you attractive. And I think this is where men slip up a, a bit because they're they're very much into the, you look nice, dear. Well, that doesn't make you feel great. You know, you look hot. That's what we want to hear. We want to hear things like that. So we need to encourage our partners to tell us things like that. And we need to then be able to believe them. So some things that you can do to stop being your own worst critic and to actually, you know, be your own best friend when it comes to body confidence. First thing, what not to do to increase your body confidence in the bedroom is to go on a diet. And the reason why is that, our actual body size has nothing to do with our perception of it. Like I said, you could look like a Victoria's Secrets model and still have a body image problem, right? doesn't matter whether you're a size eight or a size 18. It doesn't make any difference whatsoever. So no matter what size you are, it doesn't really matter. So go on a diet if you need to, but this isn't going to help matters at all. There are two things that are far more fun than going on a diet that will help you boost your body image. Anything is more fun than going on a diet, by the way, but okay, keep going. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Anything is more fun. And they are have more sex. Number one. Now, why this works is that your subconscious steps in, it does the work for you because if you're having sex a lot with your partner or regularly, your, your brain goes, your subconscious goes, well, I can't be that bad because this person is having sex with me. So I must look kind of okay. And enjoyable sex sessions really help to build a good body image. And of course, the more, the better your body image, the more you feel like sex, the more enjoyable sex is, the better your body image. So it's a lovely win-win cycle. So that's the first thing that you can do. And the second thing, which sounds really weird, but which actually really works, is to improve your sex skills. So if you think that you're a really good lover, right? And if you've all your past encounters with your lovers, they've come and gone, oh my God, that was the best sex I've ever had. You're going to be confident in bed. And they've done tons of research on this. And even if a woman who is a confident lover is really conscious of her body outside the bedroom, if once she's in the bedroom, she forgets about it and she becomes really body confident. So this is the best thing you can do. So if you're not confident of your technique, head to my website, tracycox.com, and there are guides on how to give, you know, your partner a great hand job, how to deliver great, you know, gobsmacking oral sex, how, to, you know, signature sex moves that are going to make you stand out from the crowd. So the more you know about sex and the more confident you feel, you're going to be in bed. You're not going to be thinking, God, are my breasts looking a bit droopy here? And look at that cellulite. Because you're going to be far too into the task and watching how, you know, what an amazing effect you're having on your partner. So they're two good things to do that really do work. Little things that you can do is number one, practical things. Chuck out all that stuff that makes you feel guilty. You know, all those clothes that you bought, they're a size too small and you always thought you were going to diet into them. That 
at that lingerie that looks awful because you 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 aren't the right size for it. Chuck them out, chuck them out the window right now, and buy clothes that are the right size, that feel comfortable, that are flattering. So stop leaving stuff around that makes you feel guilty. And the other thing to do is be your own best friend. If your best friend was coming to you and saying, oh, I've got to look awful, you know, I've got stretch marks, I've got, I feel really unattractive, my husband tells me I look great, but I don't believe him, you would say, don't be so ridiculous. You're so much more than what you look like. You are fantastic. Pull yourself together and, you know, you are just amazing. So do that to yourself. Stop being your own worst worst critic. And finally, something I did, which really worked for me when I was going through a period I was really down on myself, is I opened up a Word doc on my computer, just called it Nice Things, and I wrote down every single compliment that anyone ever gave me. Now, it might be something like, oh, you're nice, or you've got lovely eyebrows, or any random thing, like I like your cargo trousers, or (laughs) anything at all. And then when I felt really, you know, not great about myself, I would look at this file, and there it is in black and white in front of you. Look, I am actually not that bad. I am attractive sometimes. I am a nice person. I am, And it it can really work to write down every single compliment. So that worked for me. So they're all things that you can do. They do that at my daughter's school. They have everybody like give compliments and then they keep like this one chart where they have, you can always go back to it and see the like 12 things somebody said that was nice about you. I think it's a brilliant idea. That's that's nice having nothing to do with it. That's just like a good ego boost for the day. There you go. (laughs) You know, my only issue with the many things you said that all sound like very good suggestions is if you were to like, first of all, who is going to tell their husbands like, honey, would you tell me I'm hot? And then he tells you that you're hot. And then you know he's only saying it because you just told him to tell you that. So you're not going to believe it again. Oh, my God. Zibby, honestly, people say this to me all the time. And they say, all right, how am I going to enjoy sex if I'm telling my partner what I do and don't like? At the time, you're not going to enjoy it. So when you when you say to your partner, so you would say, all right, I'll say to my husband, Miles. And I did say to him the other day, I said, stop saying things like you look great. I mean, give me something else. Like, what looks great? Give me a specific compliment. He was like, oh, for God's sake. But... <laughs> If you, and then if he did come back and say, yes, your breasts look lovely in that, then I would say, well, you're just saying that. You're quite right. But he knows for the next time. And then you forget over time that you've actually given him this conversation. (laughs) And then it comes out naturally. So that's how it works. It is awkward to start, but then he'll have it in his head and go, okay. And then you'll forget over time that you've told him. So it does work long-term. Okay. All right. Storing that away. Interesting. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Here's an embarrassing question from you. Okay. <laughs> I have <laughs> wish the question is it? No, it's not that bad. It's just like, then I go to say, it. okay, I have most of my orgasms with my vibrator on my own. Sometimes I worry that this is ruining me for sex with my partner. Is it possible to get addicted to my vibrator? Is it bad for you to have most of your orgasms that way? Right. Okay. Well, one reason, I mean, women get very guilty about having all their orgasms with their vibrators. And, and my reaction to that is why? Because vibrators, and we talked about this in the last show, actually, they vibration is the most effective way to stimulate the clitoris. So, of course, your body is going to respond to the best method. So, of course, you're going to have most of your orgasms with a vibrator. Most women do who use vibrators, okay? But I think if you're asking me, will I only want to have orgasms with my vibrator if I continue to only have orgasms with them in that way addicted? Well, the answer is it's kind of yes and no. Now, it's no. What people worry about is that they think 
oh my God, I'm never going to want to have sex with a real life person again. Well, of course you wouldn't going to want to have sex with a real life person again because all, you know, sex is much more than just orgasms and you're not going to take a machine out to dinner or cuddle it or have a laugh or whatever. So, but people do. I mean, men particularly sometimes think, oh my God, if their, you know, vibrator organs are going to be so good, she's not going to want to have sex with me if it's so effective. And it's like, well, no, because the whole thing is completely different. So don't worry about that. But it can make you lazy. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And by that, I mean it's just so easy to have an orgasm with a vibrator. In the old days, in those, you know, awful years when vibrators were invented, women brought themselves to orgasm by using their fingers. And some women still do that and are very proficient at it. But most women aren't as proficient at that. It's very hard to beat a vibrator. It only takes about two or three minutes with a vibrator, but it can take longer with your fingers. And we're lazy and we're time poor. So we go for the easy option. So, and being able to orgasm using your fingers is a learned skill. And it's also partner friendly. Now, up until this point, we aren't able to plug in a human and make them vibrate, sadly. So being able to orgasm with your fingers is a partner-friendly method because you can teach your partner to do that. And it's something that they can replicate, okay? So it's a very good idea to be able to do that with your fingers as well as use a vibrator. Plus, the more different ways we can orgasm, the more orgasms we have. And what can happen if you're only using your vibrator is that the brain sort of gets stuck on a neural pathway. So when we orgasm, your body sends off different cues and, and your body, your brain goes, okay, right, she's tensing her thigh muscles. Yeah, that's one of the signs she must be getting ready to orgasm. It sort of helps you along the way. Now, if you're only having orgasm through vibration, that's going to be the only cue that it responds to. So it's going to be much harder for you to orgasm some other way. So the more different ways you can orgasm, the better. So I would suggest putting the vibrator, banning it for a month, putting it away for a month, teaching yourself with your fingers, use lots of lube, fantasize, keep practicing, use different speed, different pressure, different technique, and give it a month, get once or twice a week, and you will be able to do it. There's no, don't, you know, you can teach yourself to do that. And again, there's lots online with specific techniques. Then it's a case of teaching your partner. And the first thing everyone says to that is, I'm too embarrassed. Well, the way to close off any embarrassment is to close your eyes because there's only embarrassment when there's eye contact. So close your eyes, say, look, I'm not going to open my eyes because I'm embarrassed, but 
you can watch me or just put your hand, get him to put his hand or her hand over the top of yours and then they can follow the style and see the sort of pressure and stuff that you're using. So in short, you're not going to get addicted to your vibrator, but it does make you very lazy. And so I would always suggest that you try and at least have one other method, maybe two. And for women generally, it's vibrator, oral sex and fingers. So try and hit all three. But vibrators are fabulous. Like don't don't discount it, but just mix it up a bit. That's the only thing I would say. So you said that most women use vibrators. So do you have any stats on this? Just give me the no, so I said most women who use vibrators. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Well, what, percent um, of, what percent of women do you think use vibrators? Just Well, it's quite interesting because younger women, I mean, most because I do a, a sex story range as well, so I know a lot about it. Most young women, particularly in the UK, own not just one. They usually have about three by the time they're anything from 18 to 30, 35. And then from 35 to 45, vibrator. I mean, more women in the UK have a vibrator than they have a washing machine. That's how many people have one. (laughs) But but there's a big gap, which I found out when I was doing my book. There's There's a whole little range of people who are about 45 to 55 who somehow, and I have no idea why, just miss the whole vibrator thing, who don't use vibrators. So, I mean, so a lot of, so there is some people, there are some people who think it's cheating, which I I can't quite get that concept, but, but most women who, who use vibrate, I'm sorry, most women who use vibrators use them regularly. And most women who try a vibrator even once continue to use it. So it's quite an interesting thing. So I would say most young women have one. Be interested to see whether anyone in the chat box is game to say whether they use one. Oh no, and she's putting on her glasses to check. <laughs> and I've just seen it that someone's written. Shelley has written a vibrator can be partner friendly too. Oh no, she's very, probably so embarrassed that you said that. Anyway, maybe not. Maybe it's very, a very good point. Really good point though. You can invite it in bed with you. And so because the thing is, there are lots of women who can only orgasm using a vibrator. So if that is the case, you want to have orgasms with your partner, excuse the siren, you have to bring it in bed with you. And most young guys are very cool with that. A lot of older guys aren't. They still find them threatening, but most young guys are really cool with that. Sorry if I dropped you in it. I'm not going to repeat your name just in case. <laughs> <laughs> and you, what is your, how do you get your, you have a whole sex line. Tell me what it was, what is that? We should like put it in the chat or something. It is with Love Honey, which is pretty much got its own website around the world. It's big in the US as well. And if you type in my name, I've got two ranges. One's called Edge, which is for men. And one is called Super Sex. So if you just type in Tracy Cox, it'll all come up. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'm just thinking I'll Google that. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that was very interesting. Okay. My new, this is our last, this is our third question. And then after this, we'll do your sex tip and maybe open it up to other questions. So mm-hmm. people watching can put their thinking caps on. My new partner wants me to watch porn with him. I've never done it before and worried I'm going to make a fool of myself. What do you do while you're watching it? Do you watch it and then go off and have sex or do you do it while you're watching? <laughs> I'm going to read that question. That's hilarious. Well, I mean, the moral the moral of the story here is that's really good for you to have to watch porn with your partner because they've just done a huge big study in the US and they looked at porn habits and watching it on your own and versus watching it with your partner and couples who watched it together, it had a really positive effect. And also, you know, good for you for still masturbating where you've got a partner because some people think, you know, feel guilty about that. But, you know, regular orgasms are really good for you. And, you know, sometimes your partner's not there and sometimes 
sometimes they don't want to have sex when you want to have sex. So you should continue to masturbate. And anyone listening to this who might have a moral objection to porn, because lots of people do, Thankfully, these days, if you type in ethical porn or female-friendly porn, there is tons out there that are, that are going to tick all the boxes for you. And just because we've been talking about body image, if you have body image issues, I really wouldn't suggest watching porn with your partner because you'll just spend the whole time looking at the screen and going, well, you know, do I look like this? Is he comparing me and all that sort of stuff? Or she comparing me? So I wouldn't suggest it then. But so practical tips on how to watch porn with your partner. The thing that no one thinks about, which is the most important thing of all, is to choose the porn that you're going to watch beforehand, because it's it's just a minefield of things that can go wrong otherwise. Because when you think about it, we watch porn on our own. There's no judgment. So you go off on all sorts of weird little tangents. Go, oh, I'll click and see what that says and that is. And most people have a category that they go to. But when you're suddenly with a partner, you know, it takes a lot of courage to go, oh, yeah, you normally go to that one. And then you think, oh, my God, is he going to think I'm weird if I go to that one? And he's not going to turn to you and go, well, actually, I found the grandmothers with really big breasts is a very good category. So <laughs> Talk to that. So, so you know, you've got to prepare beforehand <laughs> what you're prepared to share. And so, I would on the day, especially if you don't watch porn on your own, on the day, go into whichever porn site you want to, and just have a little look around, and maybe earmark a few that you think, okay, this looks okay. Threesomes or lipstick, you know, like lesbian porn is the favorite for couples. If you want to go down that path. Now, another thing you need to be wary of is sometimes partners suggest to watch porn together if they're trying, if they've got a bit of a thing or a fetish or something like that that they want you to know about, but they're not game to say. So if you're sort of veering towards the threesome category and he keeps veering towards the gimp mask BDSM category, he could be trying to tell you something, right? So be alert to lots of things you can find out watching porn together. So be alert for that. So pick that first. Now, once you've chosen one or two things, what normally happens with couples then is that you watch it, see, okay, well, this is going to be all right. And then, yes, you do start having sex as you're watching it. And then it kind of, so it's sort of in the background, depending on whether you're watching it, where you're watching it. So it becomes a bit of a take turns thing then. So maybe he's doing something to you while you watch it or you're doing something to him while he watches it. And then if you end up having intercourse, you might choose a him from behind position. So you're both facing the same way and could be watching it together. So that's what generally happens. But another thing that I must say is sound. You've got to get the sound right because it's got to be loud enough for you to hear, but not so loud that you're there thinking, oh, my God, this is really loud now and the neighbours are going to hear. And quite frankly, a lot of couples turn the sound down if they're watching porn together because most porn is ridiculous, let's face it. And it's even more ridiculous when you can hear those over-dramatised moans and groans. So a lot of couples don't even have the sound on. And in the same vein, my final tip would be when you finish turn it off because when you're aroused, you know, you can get turned on by the, you know, just it, it's such a turn on watching it together. But the minute you both have an orgasm and you finish your orgasm, it's just like, oh my God, that was so humiliating. Why are we watching this? Why are we watching this? It just transforms from really arousing to just really like just not at all. You, you just laugh. You're like, oh my God, that just looks ridiculous. It's so funny, the human body and what we find arousing at the time. So before you have your post-coital cuddle, definitely turn it off. And porn's very interesting. It's very polarizing, Zippy, because people are either very pro or against it, but it does open up conversations for couples because 
as you're watching it together, you're both looking at each other to see, oh, yeah, well, that's a turn on to them. So you're you're getting a bit of an idea. And while porn, I mean, to thought that people use it for sex education is just ridiculous, but it can be used for sex inspiration. So it's quite good, too, if you want to try a new position or you want to see how it works or you want to try something, you know, just new to try. So it's not all bad. And in these scenarios you're talking about, is this like on the TV or a computer? Or where are you going for porn? Well, you can watch it. You can have it on your phone. You can have it on your tablet. You can have it. I don't know anyone who put it on my TV, on their TV. <laughs> Selling something about you, to be. <laughs> I, I No, you're not saying anything about me. <laughs> Stop. I'm thinking about like the movies and I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like in, in the old days. Like in the old days, how like people had like these yeah, yeah. they would like put the tape in and yeah I don't know, yeah, right? exactly. I don't know. and also um, in in hotel rooms they used to have a porn channel didn't they oh that's true yeah. I don't even know if they still do because I, I doubt everybody watches it because you have to pay in a hotel whereas you can get free porn anywhere it's the one thing that is free and accessible everywhere so right. yeah so- when I was in middle school there was this one channel in New York this is when like there were only a few channels and they went up like a through z and you could like press down the buttons and that was your cable box which is just making me feel very old. Anyway, there was this one channel J. And so any girls like slumber party, you would like go to channel J and see like what was going on. (laughs) I haven't thought about that in like a million years. Anyway, so for any New Yorkers who actually remember that, I don't know. Anyway. Yay, that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know whether I, but I do remember them in hotels and going there with boyfriends and just being all like, oh, let's watch the channel. <laughs> it was always pathetic. It was always pathetic. But then porn is quite pathetic, let's face it. It's quite funny. So, okay. Oh, and another thing, don't be, don't be, don't be sort of surprised if you end up rolling about on the bed in absolute hysterics the first time because it can just, you know, set off the uh, the giggles. And if that happens, just keep going. And lust usually kicks in, it kicks the laughter out the door, sort of thing. But yeah, don't be surprised <laughs> if you end up laughing. Lust keeps kicks the laughter out the door. I feel like that should be written down somewhere. That's like a nice. <laughs> That's a nice quote. Maybe for your sex toy company or something. Okay, your sex tip of the week. Okay, my sex tip of the week is that technique is important and it becomes even more important the longer you're together. Because when you're together in the beginning, it's all fresh and new and you're so besotted and all your brains flooded with all these wonderful love and sex hormones that your partner could have the worst technique in the world. But when you're like 18 months down and all those lovely hormones have dried up and you're actually, oh, okay, the sort of lust has worn off a bit and you're stuck with, okay, actually my partner knows nothing about how to give great oral sex or use his hands or whatever. So technique is really important. So always make sure that your technique is good. Brush up on your skills, read stuff about it, ask your lovers as you're going along, get feedback. It is important, especially long-term. So when are you supposed to work that into your daily schedule? The brush, <laughs> brush up. I put that in my iCal. Goes on okay. Brush up on my sex skills. You know. your sex skills. Ask your exes. Like if you're in a position, I always find that quite interesting. Once you've gone out with somebody, you especially you ask your exes. Yeah, like I used to be friends with your exes. Like I used to stay friends with all of my exes, and they were so interesting to talk to afterwards. Because once you're not going out with them, I'd always say, "So what am I like in bed?" And do you know one thing? They all said, "Lazy, lazy. You're lazy. You're good in bed, but you're really lazy." It was like, "Great, thanks." But ask them whether you you've got good technique, or ask your partner. And is there anything I could be doing differently? And have a little look online and just see. There's plenty of practical guys. Like mine used to be the first, and now there's millions of them out there. But so just have a look and just see, oh, okay. Well, actually, I don't really do that. I do this and try new things. 
Okay. Add it into your iCal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I might I just have to, to, uh, put my glasses on again to see. I'll have to unsubscribe the fact that my kids subscribe to all my calendars. So that'll, anyway, does anybody, normally this is when we would end our podcast. If anybody is feeling brave and has a question for Tracy, you can put it in the chat. But if not, if not, go to zibbyowens.com slash sex and you can put questions. There's no way to trace it. I will have no idea who wrote it, but they are often fodder for these really funny awesome conversations. So, so put them in there. It looks like nobody's, nobody's wanting to ask. That's a, that's a big ask. You have to, people are very brave if they do put in a question. Yeah. I don't, I would Yeah. yeah, No, I wouldn't either. So anyway, but uh, thank you for all the lovely comments. I'm just looking at the chat. That's amazing. Thank you. Oh, so we hope that you've all enjoyed this podcast and that you will spread the word about the moms don't have time to have sex podcast and make sure people know it's not totally x-rated and that I think it has great advice and how charming and amazing Tracy is. So have a listen. It's once a week. It comes out on Tuesdays and add it to that. You can add to your iCal. Maybe. maybe. (laughs) In fact, you could multitask. You could listen to our podcast and Google and go to Tracy's site and find all your tips and tricks. And there you go. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. All right. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, everybody, for joining our midday Friday little webinar to keep your life hot and heavy in whatever way you want. And and thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Tracy. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Sex. If you want more, listen to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, plus Wake Up and Write. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, all of that good stuff that helps this podcast get on the charts. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.